Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller, as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Raymond and Charlie, um, anything else you guys wanted to do for the night? Or are you guys just kind of setting up, getting him set up on the couch or whatever and, uh, and crashing? Just, yeah, just getting him set up, getting ready for the long haul, then going to bed on my recliner, kind of like half awake, half asleep, just preparing. But I figure it's not going to be bad in the first night, you know what I mean? Katrina, are you uh, just sleeping right now or anything going on at home? Uh, maybe I've put a TV on or something just to get my mind of what happened just so try to relax for the night as best as i can anything specific you're watching or do you want me to uh to fill in um there? you can improvise something into there you're watching like telenovelas which are like spanish soap operas you're just watching it you have no idea what what they're saying but it's just kind of it's it's like a mindless thing you're sort of just taking in the uh the drama of the show without really without really knowing the specifics but that's just kind of going on in the background of your uh, small TV set, uh, bunny ear antennas, and every now and then a little static ripple you'll see. Um, you're, you're kicking back in bed, trying to wind down. You kind of have like that like little bit of adrenaline from just you know being upset a little bit, which is natural. So you're just, you're just trying to wind down after the night. Anything you wanted to say about like what you're thinking about right now? Or I know we kind of covered a lot of that, so... The whole thing with Raymond is worrying to her. Obviously, the um, the story um, that ah, what was his name? So the Charlie. Truth, ah, Charlie. Yes. Yep. That's also definitely on her mind, but um, she doesn't really know um, where to put that. Like in a way, she doesn't trust him really because obviously he's been doing drugs and he's lost his clarity so maybe he's just making shit up she she doesn't really understand how any of this works but right and you were kind of also taken aback how members of this freehold seemingly are you know somewhat complacent in the fact that oh, some yeah, of exactly. it, some of its members lives are just falling apart and you know they're just they're just watching pretty much I, accepting it and that that to you is just uh it's alarming it's very unsettling because this is supposed to be like the refuge for for people like yourself and you know it's it's not it's not what you want to see yeah i'm actually going to make that one of my goals to try to um work with at least the autumn court maybe more of the courts to um channel that fear of the true fae um with the story that charlie um told her to work together um and reach out more um basically form a stronger bond isabel is there anything you wanted to cover right now or i i'm assuming what's going on right now is not something we uh we need to cover but um <clears throat> when the act is done mm -hmm. she'll kind of just lay there waiting for him to fall asleep you know um and he dozes off 
fairly quickly. Um, he's had a couple drinks and he's been dancing all night, and and yeah. so he's out. So when he when he passes out, she'll kind of like uh, roll over and touch her forehead to his, and um, that allows her to kind of enter his dreams and shape them how she wants. Um, the contract, let's see, it has a role associated with it. It's not automatic. Forging the dream. Wits and weird. Wits and weird. Because I think you, I think there might be some bonuses that could possibly <clears throat> apply to this here. You're doing forging the dream, so that's uh, yeah. dream two. Let um, me describe what I was going to try and accomplish with this. Okay, yep. Um, she is going to craft a dream in his mind that uh, is like an extension of this night. She wants to leave like a lasting impression, you know, cause these dreams, when they wake up, they, they will remember them. They can't forget these. Yeah. Dreams. And so she's going to um, just kind of, he's going to be like reliving everything over in his head. Right. And just kind of going through the entire, um, the entire evening from the dancing on and just, go, just, just sort of like a replay, you know, so that when he wakes up, you know, and, sees her little note like you know call me with a little heart uh and her phone number and all that he's gonna he's gonna immediately piece it all together and be like oh and so that's that's what i'm attempting to accomplish here i'm trying to set up a future kind of like encounter okay so give me a wits plus weird um it's going to be plus one because um this is somebody that you met today uh you've exchanged words or introductions with them at least once is the requirement for that and I'm wondering if there would be any other bonuses that apply. If you if you can think of a of a good reason why you should have another plus one, I, I definitely will uh, allow that. I can't think of anything right now. So we'll just do a wits and weird plus one, please. One success. You enter his dream. It's almost and it's like you're you're seeing yourself from afar. You you are like the director of this movie right now. In a way, you can. It, this is just like a so much more of a visceral visceral depiction than like than than the way things actually transpired but but you're just seeing the events of the night just unfold before you and you can just see this this man who you haven't even exchanged uh names with yet he's just reveling in the the ecstasy of of being with you and you can just you can just see how it's he's just just burning on the inside with just just absolute ecstasy as you guys dance together and you spin on the dance floor and you guys laugh hysterically and you guys engage in a, in a night of passion at the end you see him just, just laying in bed, just, just facing up. And this is, this is still in the dream. This is a, you just see him and yourself where, where you both are right now, except instead of sleeping, he's just, he's just looking, looking straight up and his eyes are just, just widened he's just filled with this this sense of just just love and ecstasy and just excitement and just this burning desire and passion to just to just be with you it's like it's almost just like the the most fulfilled he's ever he's ever felt it seems and it's just like it just makes so much sense it's just you know he's he's probably had many nights with with many different people and maybe in his line of work it's it's more common or whatever but this is so different this is just completely different this it's just meant to be this is just what it means to be alive do you exit after that or is uh, there anything else that, that's going on i just kind of want to have her after after you know 
forging this dream in his mind, she just kind of smiles to herself, gets up, gets dressed, you know, like I said, writes a little note with a little heart, puts her phone number on there, leaves her name Isabel. And uh, yeah, she'll probably call like a cab to take her back to her car and go home. Right. So, uh, yeah, you, you call a cab and he, you, you get, uh, dropped off back where your car is and, and you go home and are you calling it a night from there? Is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, she's been out late. Frank and Emmanuel, you guys have been driving for about an hour now and you're Frank, you're starting to wonder a little bit, just, just how far you guys are actually going. He hasn't really told you what the, what the deal is with this whole thing. He just, you know, just just wanted you along for the ride, I guess. You know, it's it's it's. He's asked you to to tag along on situations like this before. Usually, it's just like extra security, or a few times it's just been you and Emmanuel. But usually, there's there's somebody else or two or two or three there to uh to go along. He's not a very secretive person from what you've seen, but this maybe seemed like I don't want to say a secret, but. He kind of just dipped out and took you and didn't really might be what's going on there. So, you know, Frank will probably be relaxed just sitting there. You know, he trusts Manny, so he'll probably just stretch, yawn a bit. So it's going to take long, Manny. Almost there, buddy. Just a few more minutes. Okay, okay. Hey, listen, when we get here, I'm just going to have you wait in the car, all right? Uh, Should be about five minutes. And, uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't see me come out in five, uh, you can come in after me. How about that, buddy? Uh, Okay. Should I be prepared for something? Manny opens the the glove box of the BMW and you see a, you see a pistol just kind of resting in the, in the glove box. And he just says, you know how to use one of these? Nope. <laughs> That's pretty easy, uh, but hopefully you won't have to. But if anything bad happens, I'm going to need you to uh, to intervene. All right, buddy? Okay. I'm just – I've seen what these things can do, and I can do more with my hands. All right. That's that's your call. Hey, you're right. These things are dangerous, right? And uh, he, he shuts the yeah, box are. and kind of just tries to change the subject. We're right about to be here, and you it's like you guys have driven into just like another you're not in the area anymore where you are is just there's swamps, it's just like tall grass swamps, like very little houses and from what you know about the area it, it seems like you're you're pretty much on the outskirts of the everglades you've been driving for about an hour and a half and it's, it's been a pretty laid back drive and stuff like that, but um you can definitely tell how the scenery's changed and and what what direction you've been going by how that scenery's changed. And before long, Emmanuel will pull up to this somewhat dilapidated shack of a house. And there's all these, um, like, traps and cages out front for somebody who's like a, like a hunter or, like, trapper. And then Emmanuel parks the car. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even take the keys out. And he's just like, all right, buddy, this shouldn't take long. And uh, you, guys are, you guys are parked, like, right, right outside of, of this uh, dilapidated shack. Like, almost to where, like... Where like you can kind of see like the the shapes in the windows and the lights coming from inside and stuff like that, and uh, so you're just kind of relaxing in the car, just waiting, and a couple minutes go by, and then uh, another minute goes by, and then you just hear what sounds like just breaking furniture, just like a crash, and then another crash, and then just you know just like uh, maybe some glass breaking, 
And then maybe another minute passes and Emmanuel walks out the door and he re-enters the car and he kind of just nudges you in the arm and he's like, all set, buddy. All right, let's head home now. Hey, thanks for keeping me company. No problem, Manny. Anytime. You know what I'm like. So you guys start to drive back and and he is, you know, he's not going to explain unless you ask. He's a... Yes, I'll probably... uh... (laughs) Everything go all right, Manny? Yeah, everything went fine. Just had to, uh, you know, just had to, to give somebody a little warning. Um, you know, he's, we're the okay. good guys, Frank. Yeah, boss. He was a bad guy. So I, I had to tell him to stop stop doing what's bad. And, you know, I think he's going to oh. listen. Um, because if he doesn't, next time it's going to be different. You understand what I'm saying, Frank? Right, right. That was a bad man. Yes. What did he do? You see, this man fancies himself as somewhat of a leader. He's not part of our freehold or anything. Uh, he started some kind of, of a religious group or like a church out here in the Everglades area. And he's showing people. And we can't have it. He's trying to show them the truth about, you know, about people like us. Out of character, you, you guys know that there's like a thing called ensorceling where you can... You can make a, a, a mortal human see see like a changeling's actual mask. It's part of a it's part of a it's the boon of a pledge. Like you you can make it so like a regular person can see see what you actually are. That's just something you know, Frank. Emmanuel's like he's showing people uh you know he's trying to show people the truth behind things and you know, I can't really hold that against him, but it's it's dangerous and he needs yeah. to stop. You shouldn't do that. Isabel told me not to do that. No, you know, it's just better for all of us if, if we keep things like that, you know, keep it between us, right? It's just like a family secret, right, Frank? You know, I consider right. you family. Me too, Manny. Consider you buddy. family too. He squeezes your shoulder and you guys are just driving. Manny is just totally unfazed by whatever the fuck he just did. He's happy, whistling along, whistling along with the radio. And uh, before long, he drops you back off at your at your car, and uh, he thanks you again. Like he he does that little like play boxing with you thing before he kind of like sees yeah. you off. Bye, mommy. Good night. And he kind of pulls away. Did you have any other plans, or are we just gonna say that you're gonna head back home? Yeah, definitely. Frank is probably tired, and he's gonna wake up early because it's so fluffy anyway. Yeah. We'll say it's about three in the morning. Raymond, you're awakened by this sound. Takes you a a while to figure out like what this is, but you, you figure it out. You hear retching from the bathroom. Just, just this terrible sound of just, just dry heaving, just retching, just, and just like these exhausted pants and you're just laying down and this is, this is what you're hearing right now. Yeah, I just, you know, every time like something like this happens, I'll just kind of like get up and, you know what I mean? Kind of stand by him or, you know, get the hair out of his face or, yeah, you know you what I mean? Yeah, see him in the bathroom. He's, um, he has a blanket wrapped around him and he's, he's hunched over the toilet just, and he's covered in sweat. He's covered in sweat. And when he's done throwing up, he'll just curl over on the, on the bathroom floor for a few minutes before it all starts to happen again. And after about 15 or so minutes, he, you know, you kind of, lead him back to the couch and set him back down and you get him like a moist towel or something to, to try to 
cool him down or, you know, you can't really tell what he's, what, if he's, if he's hot, if he's cold, he's got the blanket on him and he's, he's sweating with bullets. His skin is just pale, even though it's this inhuman color, you can just see that the paleness is just still very evident. And yeah, you, you get him set back up on bed on the uh, couch and it looks like he's maybe going to doze back off for, for a little bit at least, but you're surprised because this is starting already. Um, and you thought it would it would take a little bit longer for him to start going into the bad parts of detox. Um, you don't actually know when the last time he he used anything was. When you saw him in the room, he was pretty much normal seeming, but that's not really a a true sign of anything. You know, he could have done it right before you got there. Could have been yesterday. You really have no idea. So with that, he's just gonna just lay down and he's just shivering and and trying to trying to, to shut out the world and just go back to sleep again. Yeah, I'm just going to just be there for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be compassionate, so. Unless anybody has anything else to uh, add, we'll say that the, the night passes and it's now Saturday. It's uh, it's Saturday morning. Katrina, you wake up, TV still on, sort of just in that that feeling that you kind of just like fell asleep in place and just didn't really move throughout the night. Almost like you fell asleep sitting up or something like that. You wake up as the phone's ringing and uh, you probably are like fully, like, you know, fully yourself and like, like awake and coherent on that third ring. And it's one of those um, very like bulky, hard, hard gray plastic, like cord phones that, that you people used to have back then. Just like one of those clunky fucking things. So I probably have to get up to get to the phone with the cord and then remain standing. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I try to like slide down the wall if that's possible because I've got a, a sore back from sleeping really weird for the whole night. I'm just saying, uh, hello. Katrina, it's me, Norma. How are you, dear? Hey, listen, I'm at the library today if you want to come by and talk or anything. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry, you woke me up. Um, oh, I'm sorry, dear. No, no, don't worry. It's good. Um, yeah, I need to talk to you. Um, it's probably a good idea if I come over. Okay, sure. I want sure, to talk cause... to you about Raymond. Uh, I don't know. He he freaked me out a little bit. Maybe he just had a bad day. But well, why don't you come down here? We can talk about it. Uh, so I'll be at the library for the the greater part of the day. So if you just want to come down and and go around back, I'll I can let you in. Just um, just kind of park far away. I'm not I'm not supposed to have people uh in the in the library after after uh, business hours. Okay. Or when it's not business hours, sorry. Okay, I come over. Um, do you want anything? I haven't eaten yet, so I could bring you, I don't know. Um, oh, I would love lunch. a coffee. Okay, coffee it is. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. And uh, she hangs up. Raymond, you you wake up. You immediately go to, to check out the couch to make sure Charlie's still there. And, and sure enough, he is. He's asleep. Looks like looks like he's 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 getting okay sleep for right now. But just the just the green, like pale look on his face just tells you that once once that sleep ends, it's just going to be trouble all over again. Yeah, that's where you're at for the morning. Anything you wanted to add there? Nope, just standing by, just kind of being there for him. Isabel, you wake up in your apartment. Do you have a house or an apartment? You're in real estate, so I mean, she has a nothing's house. off the table. Yeah, you have a house. You um, wake it's up not, your it's not actually a uh, really nice place. Um, she she spent a lot of money on her car and her phone, 
so that she is able to be in contact with people and look good when she's out trying to sell houses. Her own house isn't that great. So yeah, you you wake up in the house. You wake up naturally, no alarm clock or anything. We'll say it's so like about like noon or something. Yeah, we'll say it's like it's like nine, ten a.m. or something. You feel a little bit hungover, but overall, you had a good night. Nothing you can't handle or or aren't used to. Overall, you'd consider it pretty much a, a success. You know, she'll take her time, like getting up and being active. She's still kind of like groggy and all yeah. that, you know, getting dressed. And um, the the weekend is um, just you know like a free time for her. You know, yeah. So. There might be the occasional showing of a house, but not normally. So she's pretty open and doesn't have, like, plans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably going to wait on, like, one of the others to contact her. Because I know Raymond wanted to talk to her. He's going to find some way to call her, I'm sure. I will call him, like, maybe, like, at noon or so. You know, whenever she's, like, feeling refreshed after, you know, that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And has had time to kind of think about it. Frank, you wake up. Fluffy's... Barking her head off, needs to be let out. And, you know, this is like, this is your standard alarm clock of just having a dog. So you wake up, you strap her leash on, and you guys are kind of walking out the apartment building. And as you exit the door, you see Joe outside. Uh, He's about to come into his apartment as you're leaving. And he's just like, morning, Frank. Morning. Morning. You look like you had a long night last night. How about it, young fella? Yeah, some friends needed some help. That's a helpful guy. (laughs) Uh, How's that... What was it? Cabinet you needed moving. Is it okay? Oh, it's perfect. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. Anyway, I I have to go outside with Fluffy. Take him out. Have a nice day. So yeah, Frank, and he, he enters his house and shuts the door behind him. And uh, so you take you take Fluffy outside, and you got the bag in your hand and the leash in the other, and you're kind of just doing the walk that you that you usually you know just a couple times around the yeah. the block. So you, you take her for like a walk, and so she can like do her business or whatever. And uh, when that's all done, you know you guys go back inside, and and you know you're ready to like start your uh, morning routine there. Uh, it's Sunday right now, right? Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. It makes much more sense. Yeah. Uh, so you have so, a day off today. Yeah. Uh, what I think Frank would do, he'd try to be, like, active, try to go to something like a local park, and just enjoy the day outside. Absolutely. And you, you have, like, a public park that's not too far from your house. It it's just like the basic kind of uh you know some runners go there. There's some benches for people who just like to sit and read a book and stuff like that. Um, there's a fountain. It's it's just a really pretty place. Uh, it's just like a town park kind of deal. And and you've you've spent some time there. You like to go there on your day off and just either bring the dog and just you know like have a good time, just relaxing, or you know maybe by yourself and just walk or or try to be active and stuff like that so this is a place you're pretty familiar with yeah so i'll probably take a blanket with me and just you know uh, set out somewhere uh, prop myself against a tree and just maybe even uh catch a couple of z's where fluffy plays and stuff (laughs) like that katrina you all right so you've decided to go visit norma at the library 
anything you're doing before you head out and and how are you planning on uh on on getting there how far is it from wherever i live um it's not too far but i would say you wouldn't want to walk there i want to say it's it's like about it'd be like a like a 10 minute drive if you if you were going to just like drive there um there's public <laughs> transportation <laughs> yeah there's there's public transportation okay. um i take that so there's like a bus stop not too not too far from your apartment building maybe a couple blocks there's a cafe on the way whatever you might want to do before you before you actually make it to the library and you know that you can take a bus to an area that is maybe like another five minute walk from the library itself so that's you know that's that's a fairly short trip okay i'll do that so i pick up um two coffees something uh for breakfast and head out so you're riding on the bus and uh you got this tray in your hand two two drinks there and in a bag of some like donuts or muffins or or whatever you're just kind of taking in the uh this the city scene there of just all these other people taking the bus and you guys are kind of just like driving past maybe like two stops and then you make it to the stop closest to the library and you you get up and and walk off the bus up to the bus stop and start start trekking it down the street to where this public library is and it's not like a huge library it's not like a university library or anything like that this is just the town public library i would assume there's like a few because fort lauderdale is a city and it's probably a few but it's just one of just like fort lauderdale public library norma's just a just a librarian there she's not like the the head of anything that's just she's just a regular librarian and so you take heed to what she says and you uh you walk around the back instead of instead of going to the the main door and you can kind of see where she's um sort of left like a rock where the back door is so that it would be open for you. Yeah, so I nudge it open um, with my foot, trying to balance the coffee and the uh, snacks of whatever kind. Yeah, um, so walking. you're able to scoot past that door. A couple of steps in, you just hear uh, Norma just, Katrina? Yeah, it's me. I'm in here. And you hear from like down the hall. Okay, I'm coming downstairs. Um, so this library is uh, fairly big. It's got two stories. So there's uh, the two-story part is like the regular uh, main adult section of the library. And then there's also like a smaller side part, which is clearly like the children's part of the library. And it has, uh, you know, all these very, very colorful murals and um, just very like kid-friendly aesthetic, uh, things like that. Drawings of flowers that kids have obviously done. I remember like my like the the elementary school I was in in the 90s had like this mural of like all these like multicultural like ethnicities and stuff like holding hands like around the world and I would imagine that like this place has something similar like that where it's just showing like all the types of, all the people you know that like make up the world you can see Norma she's just kind of um posted up in the kids part of the library she's got a a, a like stack of folders in front of her and one of those carts of, of books. And you can see she's, she's looking at papers. She's uh, organizing books a little bit. She gives you a look and she's like, Ooh, thank you for the coffee. And she yeah, it's, quickly it's snatches it from you. And she's like, Nope, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I really appreciate it. And you see her, she's just like super happy to have it. Takes it, takes a big gulp. Yeah. You're welcome. 
So, Thanks. so what's the matter here? What did you want to talk to me about? You seem kind of worked up when you left me that message. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of things on my mind um, last night. She points to a, a a big set of beanbag chairs in this in this kid's part of the library, and she's just like, "Sit down, dear," and you guys both take a seat on these, just like giant like beanbags. <laughs> so, okay, I I don't really know where to start. I mean. Listen, last night we went, was, a, was a crazy night. But yeah, go we on. went to find uh, this this Charlie kid. Yeah, um, and I appreciate you guys doing that. I really do. Yeah, you know, and, um, looking after the flock—that's that's that's what I'm about. And you guys really showed that to me. But go on. I thought Raymond is this really nice guy. I mean, he he picked me up that very same night, and then we um, I gather a huge group to uh, find this one kid and i don't know i thought it was like um we try to make a family meeting basically or uh, like we try to represent the courts and like approach him and show him that we actually all care about him and well then we arrive at the house and i mean raymond walks in alone and he's right about that maybe it looked uh, would have looked weird if we all walked in there um and there's this really loud commotion. I hear him shouting. I don't know what. He comes out with this Charlie uh, kid. And I don't know. Uh, I would have suspected Charlie would be scared of him because Raymond seemed to be really imposing and went on um, about all these uh, weird things for that night. And But Charlie just wanted to hang out with him and, like, <laughs> I don't know, solve his drug problem. It's all so much. Ah, shit, Norma, I don't know. There, there, Katrina. Now, I know Raymond has shown a little bit of, of tough love to the guy, but I really think that, that what he's doing might actually be the best course of action for this young man. Um, I've known Charlie for the entire time he's he's been a member of this Freehold. I know about a little bit about, you know, his experiences before. And I also know you and Raymond really well. And your concern for him is one of the reasons why why I appreciate you. And Raymond's tough love is one of the reasons why I appreciate him. I feel that things are falling into place when it comes to Charlie. I hope so. Do you disagree? I mean, I, I hope Charlie makes it. I do think Raymond can help him. I mean, I he, he's a doctor after all. I, I know he's not really like uh trained in emergencies but he knows how to look out for charlie i think you know raymond is a is a good man i i trust in that i always have okay so one more thing you say you trusted him always yes so you heard what charlie told us that he saw one of the true fae he believes he saw one of them you know, I I do believe in what he said, and I hope to God it's not true. And we're not going to honestly know until we see what he saw. So, how far along are you guys on uh on figuring out if we can if we can you know check out his dream? <clears throat> I think that's the best course of action. We need to look into his into his mind, see what he saw, and then we can know for sure whether or not this is. God, I just hope it's not. Yeah, I also hope it's not. I don't know, but we haven't tried that yet. To be perfectly honest with you, I've never tried that. 
Um, but Raymond suggested we um, meet him tonight, and obviously Charlie will be with will be with him. So maybe we can get on that. Um, but I'm very afraid about what Raymond is going to propose or do if we do find out that there are true Fey among us. So last night he was very quick to he was very quick to suggest that we stalk around some children that um that Charlie had had seen and that he believes are uh, fetches or maybe are going to be abducted. Norma just mm-hmm. sighs. She's like, "Ah, oh, Jesus." And she she rubs her forehead a little bit just like, "Oh god." Um so you see my problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Katrina will like look a bit strung up. Like she doesn't know how to act and what to do. Norma is is silent for a second. You know, I'm going to sound really cold saying this, but the children or the fetches or whatever they are are not the concern right now. I, what I'm concerned about is whether or not there's a creature out there in our freehold who's, who's doing these things. The, you know, whether or not what may or may not have happened to these children is unfor- is not my concern right now. And it hurts me to say that, but my concern right now is for the freehold and it's for us. That doesn't, don't take this as, as, as me agreeing with, with, uh, what, what Raymond, uh, is proposing or intends to do. I, I just don't think you guys should, should be focused on the children at all right now. Just, just let it go. This, this is an ugly world, Katrina. And, and, you know, terrible things happen, happen to, to people every day. And I, and I hope to God that these children are, are themselves returned, you know, by, for whatever, by whatever miracle. But I think what's important right now is just getting to the bottom of Charlie's dream. I do have faith that Raymond is a good man and, and will act as such, but I need you to keep me informed. If, if you think he's going to go off the rails, he's, he's a man who's, who's dealt with a lot of hurt in his life. And, you know, as much as I don't want to believe it, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he, if he planned on taking things a little too far. So just, just keep me in the loop, but I urge you not to be, not to be too concerned with Raymond. I, like I said, I have the utmost trust in him. Well, okay. I'll keep you informed that that's a good point. Actually, I believe we, we could have resolved this whole mess a bit sooner if we, well, if we had, had had a better connection to the crow people or just in general, I don't know. Uh, it really rubbed me the wrong way, uh, yesterday that. Nobody really seemed to care um, until like Charlie was missing for like I don't know how long was he missing? Weeks? We noticed. She, uh, Norma, Norma's gonna do like like the sigh again and just be like, "Look, I'm not proud of what we as a freehold have let go on, and I do agree that at some point, you know, this this whole thing has to stop, you know." These these are people that we're supposed to be caring after, not people that uh that we should just be complacent and and just letting them unravel and downward spiral. But you know, there's this whole thing is it's it's more complicated than you think, you know. And you know, I think it would just be easier to 
to just not know the the full scope of, of this. And I don't mean to be disrespectful by saying that, but look, you know, I I love Charlie, and I I want what's best for him, and and I want him to be clean, and I want him to have a good life. And these others, I care for them too because because they're part of my freehold. But Charlie is the one that's under my wing and his success is the most important to me. And there are others in this freehold who have done a lot more damage than just turning a blind eye. And you know what? I, I don't, I don't want to burden you with the details of this, but if you knew the truth about this, it's there's people who, who not only let this go on, they encourage this and it makes me sick, but it's just, it's not my place. It's just really not. I can't change the whole thing, you know. I I would need everybody to to help me, and I know I know Emmanuel has my side. Me and Allison are 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 fairly close, you know. I, I have a decent relationship with the courts, but I we would all need to be on the same page. And frankly, as cohesive as we are, I just I just don't ever see it being on that level. So you're not telling me. So I know that you know. A few members of our freehold, unfortunately, do drugs. That's not something I'm proud of. That's not something I'm, I'm glad that, that we let go by the wayside. But there's also, I mean, the, the, you know what? I'll just, I'll just, I just have to say it. Just, there's members of the Winter Court who are straight up involved in this shit. You think, you think, uh, you think Melissa gets her, gets her junk from a, from a mortal? No. <laughs> no, that's not true. I thought she, she got it herself. Like they have this, uh, Charlie told me they walk around the hedge. Oh, for the goblin fruits? Yeah, I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. But but do you, you you realize they they do human drugs too? They she's a she's a heroin addict, and I and I know she doesn't just get this stuff on the streets by mortal means. I know that there's people in our freehold that are that are profiting off of her demise. That's brutal. I'm not happy with it myself, but. You know, there's things that you have to kind of just ignore to, and you see, she's, she's very upset to just, to just like admit this, you know, it just hurts. Like she just, I get it. Norma. It's the ugly, it's the ugly secret. We're, it's the ugly secret. Together. I get it, but still, I don't think it's right. It's not right. It's not at all. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is
is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three chronicles running through the undead veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more. world of darkness do you want to introduce your friends to it but there's one problem nobody reads books anymore this presents you with a problem doesn't it you want to get your friends into these awesome games but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them well that's where brett the hitman comes in Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style. Flair. Humor. <laughs> and of course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies. <laughs> Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now. If only for the dank memes. Tune in today! Hi guys, I wanted to let you know about my YouTube channel, the video journals of Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is a character I play in a live-action vampire game called New England Nightmares, which uses the new Binite Studio rules for Mind's Eye Theatre. The Chronicle's set in the city of New Haven, Connecticut, and we run on the third Saturday of every month in Southington, Connecticut. Most of the credit for the stories told in my journals comes from the plots developed by the amazing storytellers who run my game. 
the videos on my channel are basically an in-character video logs of the newly sired Ventrue Mike Bailey. They follow him from his days as a naive mortal, to his violent embrace during the Anarch Revolt in the City of London, and on to his arrival on the shores of New Haven. The journals show Mike trying to come to terms with his kindred nature, his powerful but impure blood, and his attempts to hide his past from other members of the court of Prince Lucius. They put out updates every two weeks, and I love feedback and questions, so check out my channel, subscribe, and leave me a comment.